Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Come on, while you go on your feet, can you give Jesus one big shout of praise this morning? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated just for a moment. I want to take a, a moment in the same vein of honor that Pastor Ryan just expressed. And I want you to know two things. Number one, we are led really well uh, by Pastor Mark Q over at the chapel. Uh, what that means is that we are better leaders and better people because of who we are serving with and serving under. And if you're new to local city, I just want you to know you're in a good place. You're in a good place. You're in a place where your pastors are not only accountable, but your pastors care about people. And I don't know about you, if we're going to reach a city for Jesus and let them know that there is always hope, you probably might want to like people in the meantime. Come on. All right, fantastic. And the second thing I want you to know is my pastor sends all of his love to you. He would be right here with you if he could, uh, but he sends us to make sure that we get a chance to connect with you in person. And it's a joy. It's a joy and an honor to hop into the next installment, Pastor Ryan, in this series that we have been in, this series of talks called Love is of God. I love it. Relationship series we've been talking about. There have been a number of different subjects. If you've missed them, if you're watching live or watching later, you can go back to YouTube and check out all of the talks on hand. Today's conversation is going to be titled this. Are you ready? Look at somebody next to you and say, hey, I got something to tell you. Nope, you're looking at me still. Come on, look at them. Say, I got something to tell you. People are complicated. <laughs> Wrong neighbor. Turn around behind you real quick. Tell them you are complicated. Uh, if that's your spouse, be delicate with how you say it. Be delicate. I want you to go home married. Come on. Uh, people are complicated. Let's be honest. There are a number of different spaces where people are complicated too. People are complicated in church. Is this microphone at the right volume this morning? Okay, cool. Good. How do you know this? Because we're in election year. And Republicans and Democrats all go where? Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go. They all go to church. They serve in kids' ministry together. They're in the parking lot, first impression, serving coffee. It's what? It's complicated. I'd like to go on record this morning and just say that kids' ministry is not the right spot to discuss political matters. Can I get an amen right there? It's complicated. Second spot, diversity is complicated. I was just speaking with someone who is in uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, just the other day, and they were discussing how uh, their company is looking to go to the next level in hiring minority candidates. And I said, are you sure? Because there's some things that might need to change. There's some conversations that may need to end, and there's some new conversations that may need to begin because diversity is... Come on, there it is. It's, it's complicated. Parenting. How many parents in here? Just wave a hand in the air. Wave it like you just do care. Come on. There it is. There it is. Parenting is complicated. I, I grew up in the 90s where you could still whoop your kids in public. You've been walking down the ice cream aisle and you just wanted to lay hands on somebody else's child real quick because you knew you could help them. Uh, I know it's Hyde Park, and there's gentle and not-so-gentle parenting, and I'm, I'm not here to, to take sides. I'm just pointing to the sides. Come on. 
but, but parenting, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's how do I correct them? What tone do I use when I do it? How many times am I going to allow myself to say it? Am I going to have a flashback to the 90s, standing in the middle of Publix? Come on. And all the parents said, mm-hmm, I understand. I, I understand. Parenting, is, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's complicated. Social media, should I just keep moving? <laughs> It's, it, it's complicated. You got on there. You saw somebody's avocado toast or their labradoodle and life was great. And then you saw somebody just completed 75 hard and you can't even get past day four. Come on. Deleted Instagram, charged a trip to Cabo, can't even afford it, but we going. Come on. Why? Because social media is what? It's, 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 it's complicated. Work is complicated. Some of us are sitting in this room right now knowing the moment we walk out, our anxiety and cortisol levels will begin to rise because we are not looking forward to going to work tomorrow morning. It is complicated. You've been in an office before, right, with that one socially unaware individual. Yep, they've got the worst breath in the office, and every word they use starts with the letter H. (laughs) Come on, no emotional intelligence. You want to love like Christ loves, but it's what? It's complicated. Some of us have people that work for us, and and do I need to continue right there? Uh Human resources, it's, it's complicated, let's be honest. Love, what is love? It's complicated. It's complicated. Some of us are married, and, and we don't have as much time as we used to. Okay, I'm, I guess I hit the right spot on that one. Come on. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what the new rhythm is. Some of us are raising young children right now, and some days you just want to look at them and go, you're going to make me lose my mind. Up in here. <laughs> Up in here. You know, love is complicated. Some of us are looking for love, but we're not quite sure. Can I find love and still have my career simultaneously? The answer is yes, you can. You just need to find somebody that's going to rock with you in that department. Hello. Come on. There's a battery. I was talking to somebody. I've been out of the game for, for, for over 12 years now. Danielle and I have been married for 12 years. Uh, we dated for two years prior to that. So for 14 years, my jersey has been in the rafters. Come on. Uh-huh. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, hey, hey how does this dating thing go? And, and they, 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 they literally go, I, I just quit. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got tired of freckling. I got twi- tired of trying to find, you know, somebody. I got the talent pool is all dried up. Come on, so I, you got to ask way too many questions. Not just, you know, who are you, but who were you born as? I didn't come to take sides, just came to point at reality. Come on. Too many questions, because love is what? Complicated. Let's just be honest in this room, though. Step one of today is to realize that you are just as complicated as the people you complain about. Write that down. You're going to need that Tuesday afternoon. You are just as somebody said in the parking lot before I leave. You are just as complicated as the people that you complain about. The game changes significantly when, as believers and followers, we're willing to step back, be humble, and be honest and go, I am the reason why someone is in counseling right now. I am the reason why someone is crying currently. Because I'm not perfect. I am complicated. 
And the people that we complain about, let's be honest, we're just as complicated as they are. We have a lot of personal preferences and emotions and outbursts. Some of us have anger outbursts externally. Some of us have anger outbursts internally. What does that mean? Outward outburst means you cuss people out. Internal means you still cuss people out. It's just in your mind. <laughs> Whatever it is, we, 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 we all have something that makes the relationships we're connected to complicated. Uh, if you're not sure who the complicated person is in the small group that you're a part of, it's you. <laughs> complicated. We, 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 we complicate things. The matters of life are complicated. And for us to stand on a pedestal and believe that we may be outside of complication is actually us fooling ourselves. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 tells on all of us when it makes this statement, everyone has sinned. Read these next four words. Ready? One, two, three. We all fall short of God's glorious standard which just simply means I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. We are all complicated. And at some point, we have all fallen short. Just the other day, I was driving uh, at the risk of being transparent and vulnerable with you, make you a little uncomfortable. Here we go. I was driving, and someone I thought pulled out in front of me, and I yelled at them. Thank God all the windows were up simultaneously. But I yelled. Savannah, our seven-year-old daughter, is sitting in the back seat. My wife is sitting in the passenger seat. And I go, I can't possibly be wrong about this. And Danielle goes, oh, you are totally wrong about this. <laughs> to which I go, hey, I, I'm sorry, Danielle. I'm sorry, Savannah. Daddy messed up this time. Why? We all fall Short, how we answered, the attitude, the disposition. Some of us woke up one day after having a random dream and you've been taking out on everybody else the rest of the day after waking up on the proverbial wrong side of the bed. You're not going to answer correctly. You're not going to always have the best attitude. Sometimes you're going to yell at people that didn't deserve it. We all what fall short. And falling short doesn't make us bad. It just makes us human. But thank God that he loves us enough to stick with us even when sometimes we don't want to stick with ourselves. Yeah. Falling short doesn't make you bad. It makes you human, and it makes you just as human as the very first human that walked on the planet. If you're new to, to the church community, just so we're clear, you can find this individual in the book of Genesis. Genesis means the book of beginnings. Then you'll find the very first human ever created, and his name is Adam. God takes five days to create everything in preparation for day number six because it's on day number six that God stopped speaking to things and created them. And in day number six, he put his own hands into the dust of the earth. He said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. He breathed the breath of God, the pneuma, the spirit of God into this man and whoop, there he is. Adam comes alive. Adam is given a set of instructions that we find in Genesis chapter 2 when scripture reads just like this. It says, the Lord God placed the man, Adam, in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Those sound like very clear and explicit instructions to me. 
Yet, I probably am not the only one that has a seven-year-old that's trapped on the inside of this adult body. That the thing you tell me not to do is the thing that I want to try first. God creates Eve from the side of Adam, and these two have a fantastic marriage. So one day, Eve shows up to this this tree in the garden called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She picks a piece of fruit off of the tree, same tree that God had given Adam the instruction not to eat from. She is deceived through a conversation with a serpent, and she takes a bite of fruit from this tree. It's at this point in today's conversation that I'd love to go on record and say, I have no problem with Eve. Eve and I, we are good. Why? Because even though Eve ate a piece of the fruit from the tree, Adam came along and saw that Eve breathed to tell about it. And he then takes a bite out of the fruit as well. But who was it that God gave the instruction to? Adam. Who was it that could have just simply knocked the piece of fruit to the ground and we probably would have been able to continue in Eden? It was Adam. I have no beef with Eve. Eve gets too much criticism in this scenario because God gave the instruction to who? Adam. Adam then does what my four-year-old son likes to do on an occasion. He goes and hides. The other day, I walked out 6.45 in the morning, and I see this little two-foot-five body go diving underneath the dining room table. I said, Kyrie, what are you doing? He goes, nothing. Hiding. <laughs> Why are you hiding, son? He's got two marshmallows in his hands and one in his mouth. <laughs> 6.45 in the morning. Come on. God comes down in the cool of the day to have a conversation with Adam and Eve like he does every other day. And when he has this conversation, he finds that Adam is not readily accessible. Where is Adam? Hiding. Adam, why are you hiding? I'm a little naked. Why are you naked? Don't answer that. You must have eaten a piece of fruit from the tree that I told you not to. And then Adam in chapter 3 and verse 12 of Genesis replies to God with this. It was the woman... You gave me, who gave me the fruit, and I what? And I ate it. I've only been married 12 years to Danielle. I mentioned earlier, I can just go on record this morning and say that is a terrible answer. (laughs) What are you thinking, Adam? Sign this man up for marriage counseling immediately. (laughs) It was the woman, wait, you gave me. Not only does he pass the blame to Eve, he also blames who? God. You know, Eve, she was a blessing one chapter before. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, blame of my blame now. (laughs) Not only is it Eve, but also God, the woman you gave me. Let's just be honest, in this room and, and, and watching online, sometimes what makes relationships so complicated is when the biggest problem is that we refuse to believe that we are the problem. Write that down. You're going to need that. I'm going to save you $300 in counseling right now. 
Because before we begin to point the fingers at other people, let's just be honest, we have to do some investigative service on our own selves. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, search me, know me, help me to see where am I the problem? What Adam had happened in his relationship was that the horizontal relationship between he, Eve, and creation had now been changed forever because he fell out of step in his vertical relationship with God. This is a life lesson for each one of us in this room and watching online, that if at some point we find that there's a discrepancy in our horizontal relationships with others, we must first go back to the vertical relationship between humanity, us, and God, our creator, and go, God, where am I the problem? Like, we can't keep blaming everybody else for not getting invited to dinner parties. When's the last time you invited someone to dinner yourself? <laughs> if you want to be a friend, you must show yourself to be friendly. I don't know why people don't like to talk to me. Have you seen your face lately? <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. <laughs> We, 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 we sometimes suffer. Here we go. Sometimes even in marriage, we get mad at the other spouse, but we're not willing to communicate to them what it was that they did that caused us to be perturbed internally. But we want them to have some kind of a mental transition and figure it out on their own. Why are you mad? I shouldn't have to tell you. Do you want to talk about it? Nope. It's just not going to work. At some point, we're going to have to realize that we are what? The problem. We're, there you go. We complicated. Here we go. If all of these things are true, and with the last seven minutes that we have together today, I'd love to help us to unpack how does God deal with complicated people? Because I can tell you how I deal with complicated people. You don't want to hear that. That's why I'm in therapy. But we do want to look at how God deals with complicated people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, writers and theologians would refer to this as the love chapter, it displays this. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not bust the windows out of people's cars. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record, here we go, of wrongdoing. That last sentence, personally, is the hardest one for me because I love to hold a grudge and he's a pastor? I know. Pray this week. <laughs> Keeps no record of wrongdoing in parenting, at work. Here we go. This does not mean that we become a doormat, though, and just let everything fly. It does mean that we have a boundary. Dr. Henry Cloud explains boundaries in his book called Boundaries by saying that a boundary, here we go, is a fence with a door because I get a chance to decide what I allow in and what I allow out. Boundaries are incredibly important to relationships. He goes on to say this, the litmus test of a relationship. For if someone cannot honor the boundary that's been set, they do not qualify for the next step of intimacy in the relationship. This will help us significantly, but watch this. There also must be a boundary for how long we are going to say that we have been wronged. Because love keeps no record of wrongdoing. Jesus himself even said in the Gospels, he says, if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. For if you want your heavenly father to forgive you, you must extend what you are looking for. Whew. 
in a culture that we live in, this is completely counterintuitive because we live in cancel culture. But I'd love to go on record today to say that cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Just because you wronged me doesn't mean I'm done with you. It may mean I need to draw a new boundary. But if I cancel you, here we go, canceling actually helps me to avoid having to address what's going on internally. I'm done. I move away. Uh Uh-uh. God, I forgive. And I move through. Am I making sense this morning? This doesn't mean this is going to be easy because we all know it's what? It's complicated. My second big thought for the day is this. Here we go. If we're going to do this the best way because people are complicated, just simply copy and paste God's pattern for dealing with complicated people. It starts with forgiveness. I'm so glad that we have the Bible the way that we do because the Bible gives us a chance to be able to see how God deals with complicated people like David, an adulterer, a murderer, and a mediocre dad. But God still called him that a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David knew when he messed up and he would circle back and go, God, I blew it. Why? I'm human. I made terrible decisions, but I need you. Peter started as Simon, a fisherman. He gives me hope. He cussed people out. He cut a dude's ear off. That's my kind of guy right there. However, God still saw potential in him and didn't hold his past against him. What's God's pattern for dealing with complicated people? He loves them. He forgives them. Here we go. And he gives them a chance to work out their complications. What would your marriage look like? Here we go. What would your relationship with your employer or your employees look like if you didn't jump on the Zoom call because you work remotely and judge everybody in the first five seconds. But you gave them a chance to work through their complications. Some of us need to take a deep breath and be nice to yourself. The reason you're not married yet is because you're not married yet. (laughs) Take a deep breath. You're still a whole person, even if you're not connected to another person. Can I be honest this morning? I've been honest so far. We might as well keep it going. (laughs) Marriage is not the paramount state of human existence. Marriage is a beautiful gift. But even Paul in the New Testament goes, gosh, I wish that some of you would just stay unmarried so that you could continue the ministry that God's doing in your life and through your life. He's not saying that marriage is not important. What he is saying is don't undervalue the season you're in currently. Miss the beauty that's tucked in the season where you are. Am I making sense this morning? Pastor Ryan, you come get me if I'm getting carried away. My next thought for today is this. If you're going to deal with complicated people, give people realistic expectations. Give people realistic expectations. A good therapist will tell you you can't be mad at people for them not fulfilling expectations you never communicated. Same thing applies, here we go, to how we relate to other people, even in the body of believers that we are part of. Colossians points to this in chapter three. The writer says, tolerate the weaknesses, tolerate the complications 
of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been, what, graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, if you find a complication with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. How do I do this? Last thought for the day, it's this, pray for them consistently. Pray for them consistently. Step one of navigating with complicated people is pray for them consistently. Praying for someone one time is not going to change your heart towards them. <laughs> but praying for them one time every day will put you on a path to a different pattern of how you navigate with complicated people. Luke chapter 6, Jesus makes this statement about dealing with complicated people. He says, but to you who are willing to listen, I hope you highlighted that line, but to you who are willing to Listen, I say what? Love your enemies? Nope. Do good to those who hate you? I'll pass. Bless those who curse you? Mm -mm, not on Black History Month. <laughs> Pray for those who hurt you? You're asking too much, Jesus. <laughs> I read it like that because this is how I read scriptures sometimes, especially those scriptures that make me uncomfortable. Because everything Jesus asks us to do is completely counterintuitive to what our human experience tells us. But notice, Jesus doesn't ask us to be human. Jesus asks us to be holy, set apart, different. Not weird, different. Because if the only example a hurting and hopeless world sees is people acting just like them, how much different are we? But because, here we go, God so loves us, let us be known by our love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. But he or she that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Jesus reiterates this in Luke 6 when he says, look, I'm asking you, commanding you, reminding you, pray for those who hurt you. Last thought for the day, it's hard to stay mad with someone you consistently pray for. Divorce will be less of an option if we pray for our spouses. Violence will be less of an answer if we pray for those we work with or work for. Judgment will stop being your spiritual gift if we A, turn the news off every now and then, and B, pray for our president, our mayor, our governor, and those who are in local authority over us. Because just as complicated as they are is just as complicated as we are. Am I making sense today? With all of these things in our hands and all of these things in our hearts, it's important that we see people the way that God does so that we can value them appropriately. Amen? This is only possible, I gotta be honest with you, because of one thing, God, by his spirit, you can't forgive apart from Jesus. You won't be able to move through the things that people do apart from Jesus' strength to help you to do it. And I believe in this room or watching online, somebody is ready to make that decision to go, hey, I, I want this Jesus to lead me and guide me as well local city we're going to pray a simple prayer commitment in a moment and when we do I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud because it's never God's heart that anyone would feel left out so would you bow your heads would you pray loud with me just say Jesus I need you I tried on my own 
and I failed. But today, I hand you my sin. I receive your forgiveness. I hand you my life. I receive your love. Be Lord of my life and King of my heart. Today and every day to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can you stand to your feet and give God one big praise for those who made that decision? While we're doing that, let's just take a moment right here and remind ourselves of who we're choosing to trust in this week. Come on, that's why I trust you. Come on, let's sing it one time all together. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.